0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's David Forst here. Now is the David Forst show with Chris Townsend. Well, now joining us here on A's cast live, it's always better to have the general manager on when you're on a win streak versus a losing streak. You got to be feeling pretty good, David, after what's been happening in the past couple days.
1: I don't even remember our last conversation. Was, I don't remember
0: what was going on, but, uh, <laughs> but
1: yes, it, it, feels, it feels like this is a better conversation than the last one.
0: Well, you said it last year, ball goes far, team goes far, and it just shows you when the A's, when you guys out-homer somebody, you're 5-0. and When you don't out-homer them, you're zero and seven.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a tough equation. I mean, look, it's obviously not easy to hit homers, um, but but you know when you do and you score runs, it makes it makes a big difference. So we obviously, you know, we swung the bats really well on the road trip. You know, took two out of three in Houston, swept the Diamondbacks. Coming, you know, the win on Tuesday was was a great team win to come back from being down five 0 put up some runs, get some solid release pitching, so it was a, a really good way to uh, to come back home.
0: Yeah, there's so many stories. You know, keep and score every single game. You just see like you could just you talk about Guerra, what he did for you in the last game. But when you when you look at your offense, it's everybody is contributing. You just see it, like everybody's getting on base, everybody's knocking in runs, or they're scoring runs. They're just—it's it, full. Your full roster has really been the big part of why you won five of six, wouldn't you say?
1: Without a doubt, and and, and frankly, it's on the on the flip side, it's the reason we started out zero six because everybody struggled at the same time. So I, I think I think we know we're built in a way that. No one guy or two guys even are going to carry us. I mean, we obviously have some guys capable, um, you know, in Olsen and Chapman uh, and to some extent Ramon and Canna, and like guys who are capable of on any given night sort of generating offense. But I think we know the way this team is built, you're going to have to get contributions up and down the lineup. And, and we just didn't get it during the first home stand. But you saw on the road when – when we put together good at bats, when you get guys on base and you let you let Jed or, or Chap drive them in, and you you know you get some pinch hitting, you get a couple homers from guys like Seth Brown, like all these things have to come together. And when they do, you're, you're in every single ball game.
0: Yeah, Seth Brown, he uh, he doesn't hit cheapies. And I and I was I was <laughs> I was asking around, going, how many guys do you even think in the history of baseball they hit their first home run and it's in the second deck?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a long time coming. I think it was about 2 years worth of built up frustration that went into that swing cuz obviously, you know, Seth came up there at the end of 19 and you know, got some hits and, and did a nice job, but this was a guy coming out of the minor leagues and everybody was like, "Oh, wait, wait till you see the power." And uh, it just never didn't really make that year, or, you know, limited time last year, so uh I think I think that was huge for him. Uh, we've always known he has a he has a chance to do that every time he comes to the
0: plate. You know, forget Moneyball. Are you kidding me? You're taking this team back to the '80s, like you're the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're running the bases and stealing bases. You're ten for eleven. What's going on?
1: Hey, hey, we we love stolen bases. It's caught stealings that we can't stand. So <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll take ten for eleven every time. And and Ramon's obviously done a great job of picking his spots and, and he's really, you know, he studied pitchers and, you know, it's something that he really wanted to put an emphasis on and you to go out there and do it the right way. It, it can be a big, big game changer.
0: I, it, the fact that you were able to get him basically for nothing. And now he's like a human highlight reel. I mean, you talk about a, play, <laughs> a, a guy that can play defense, I can hit for power. He's stealing bases. I mean, he's just a treat to watch on a daily basis. He's a well-rounded player.
1: He is. He, he can do a little bit of everything. I mean, we obviously – between him and Mark, I mean, we need to watch their workload. Both guys play so hard, and, you know, we've seen Ramon run into walls. And, and Canna, you know, Canna gets on base every night. and He's running in the outfield. I mean, he's he's done more mileage than just about anybody in the league uh, here in the first two weeks. But both those guys can play on both sides of the ball and, and are going to continue to be really important here for our roster.
0: I saw this note on Jed Lowry, and it's just – it's incredible. He has an RBI in each of the last five games. During that time, he's hitting 474, three extra base hits, and a grand total of ten RBIs. I mean, this is like—he's about to be thirty-seven. He looks like he's twenty-seven.
1: Yeah, he hopped in a Delorean at some point and and went back to twenty eighteen. It's been uh, it's been pretty amazing. So, I, I mean, we're going to talk about this as long as. You know as long as jed continues to be jed, but you know we we felt good that he you know that if he was healthy the the bat skills were still there and he certainly is proving that.
0: how do you manage how much he plays
1: it's that's a huge part of uh, of every day right now with jed and and the nice thing is he knows his body better than anybody you know with all the things he's been through and as long as he's played this game, he knows his body he knows you know, when he needs a day and, and Bob's going to check in with him when it's a day game after a night game and plays played three or four in a row, all these things, Bob, you know, Bob and him have such a great relationship over the years that uh, the Jed will be honest and, and we'll make sure we, we do manage him because obviously uh, right now, whatever jet we get is, is worth it. And, and the last thing we want to do is, is run him into the ground.
0: Yeah. And so much is about offense. And there was an interesting article that Cody found today about they're talking about with all the shifts and, you know, the days of having to have the most athletic shortstop, you know, you're moving these guys around. I mean, half the time Elvis is playing in short right field. <laughs> so they're, they're yeah. saying less balls put in play, more shifting. The fact of, of the great infield, they're not getting as many chances. What, what, what do you think about that? Sure. You don't You don't have to have the best athlete necessarily like at shortstop because you're moving them all around. Do you buy that?
1: I think there's something to it. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're you're not shifting every play. You know, more than more often than not, that guy's going co- to have to cover a lot of ground. And, and frankly, even when we put Elvis out in short right, like you said, he's still, you know, he still is useful when he goes both directions. But um, but yeah, the the roles of the infield are definitely changing. I mean, we we see teams. Uh, shifting, you know, 65 percent of plate appearances now, and they're they're moving around. Chaps playing shortstop a decent amount, um, you know. So, and and at some point, we're going to have to have a, a, another backup infielder around here that's able to move around. So, it, it's an interesting theory. Obviously, you know, we're we're lucky to have guys like Andris and, and chap who can move around. Oli Oli's another infielder over there with as much ground as as he covers. I mean, you see when we shift righties only plays further from the first base bag than just about anybody in the game because because he's able to do it. He can cover the ground, and he's quick enough to get back to first base when the ball goes to the other side. So um, it's nice to have the personnel that lets you do it.
0: So right now you guys are leading baseball and shifting. I think you're around 67% of the time. It is the yep. only reason you can do that is because Matt Chapman can play a legit shortstop for you?
1: It, it's a big part of it yeah it really is and and you know at the same time uh you know we're shifting righties probably more than other because we were confident in the data and the, the defensive models that our our baseball operations group has built and and mark kotze who's overseeing the infield positioning now really has dug into it and believes in it and, and, they, and the guys are buying in so uh it is, it's Big time about the personnel, for sure. Like I said, shifting righties is a big, you know, big part of that. Is only covering most of the right side, uh, but uh, but having Chap, who who's basically a shortstop playing third, anyways. But when he's the only guy on the left side, you know you know how much ground he can cover and he can make those throws going any
0: direction. That that helps too. We just had Lou Trevino on the show, and I asked him about all the shifting behind him and everything. Of course, he's just trying to strike everybody out. But what is it like <laughs> when the shift? He he says when the shift gets beat, it's magnified. What's it like from a front office standpoint when a guy, let's say, hits like a routine grounder to second base and nobody's there, and a run comes in? Is it magnified for you, or do you say, "Nope, we know the date, we know what what shifting does, and we know the data; it works."
1: I th- I think from a front office standpoint, I think we're we're very comfortable with it, and, and we we probably notice more than most when a guy is in exactly the right position. I mean, I can't even. I can't even think right now of all the times just this year where Jed's been playing right behind second base and the ball's been hit right to him. I I think we've done a great job. Look, if Correa is going to shorten up and hit a ground ball through the four hole, like, you know, it's it's bound to happen. And, and, you know, I'm more worried about what the pitcher thinks than what we in the front office are thinking. I I want the pitchers to understand that this is a numbers thing. It's going to help them out more often than not. And, and, yeah, lose right. It gets magnified when somebody hits a ground ball through a hole. But for every one of those, there's a dozen that go right right to a guy where we put them, and it helps these guys out.
0: Well, think about when we were growing up, everything was have a back-up-the-middle approach, you know, try and hit a line yeah. drive back up, right? That's what every hitting coach told you all your life, and now you smoke one up the middle and there's a guy standing there.
1: A hundred percent. I think about that all the time when I'm watching – you know, watching games that aren't ours, and I see a ball smoked up the middle, and all of a sudden the ca- the overhead camera pans, and there's a guy standing right there. And I think, man, if that had happened to me as a player, and everybody, like you said, everybody says go up the middle, do a nice job, and you don't get a hit out of that, man, that that is frustrating.
0: You know, speaking of Lou Trevino, I mean, obviously when Rosenthal went down, you you knew guys were gonna have to step up, and you know, Deakman and Trevinos, you know, you know these guys are gonna have to close games out. Does does Lou look different to you this year, kind of like the when he first came up?
1: You know, I, I don't know that he does. I mean, I think he's he's pitched in some bad luck the last couple of years. His stuff has always been the same. And I think, you know, it there's we've we've talked about this before. There's so little margin for error for a reliever, particularly a guy who comes in with runners on base or a guy who comes in late um, and a little bad luck or falling behind in the count on one guy goes a long way. So, it, look, it's great that he's feeling good right now. Um, you know, you've, in him and, and Jake, you've got a couple guys that can both pitch at the end. And, and we've had, you know, we're fortunate enough right now to maybe do some matching up depending on what the eighth and ninth look like. But, um, but it, it it was great to watch him go out those last couple of days and, and close down games.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what you saw two days ago with your bullpen, when Lazardo only goes two and two-thirds and you got to use all those guys, how key was it to have a day off yesterday for everybody can kind of hit the reset and and now, of course, you got the Tigers for four and then here come the Twins?
1: Yeah, look, it was big for all those guys to have some success. I mean, obviously, you know, Jordan gets us out of the third inning. Then Guerra comes in to give three scoreless, which was huge. Um, But Kaleric comes in. Gets you know gets a punch out and then basically two ground balls um, and Sergio finally has a, a one two three clean inning and I know he feels good about himself sort of all the way up and down the roster you know Petite gets away with one that goes just outside the foul pole and then gets us out of that inning so w- what we had yesterday was basically a, a marination day for everybody to sit back and, and feel good about themselves and, and those are always welcome.
0: You know, Bob Melvin said to us that for Jesus Lazardo, he just has to stay away from the, the blow-up inning. You know, 12 earned runs and 13 innings, got a big uh, ERA. What are you seeing with Jesus Lazardo?
1: Well, we saw it in the game against the Dodgers where he gave up the three spot early and then came back and pitched great. And, and yeah, obviously a big inning against the D-backs, too. I, I just think for Jesus it's, it's, a, it's a sort of – a confluence of things. He's fallen behind in the count a little bit too much. There's, you know, the fastball command hasn't been as good as as he wanted it. And I know he and Emo talked for a while today about some things. I talked to Bob and Emo after the game the other day. And and you know, every time he goes out there, you just feel like this guy's stuff is just too good to give up. You know, give up homers, give up some some hits like that. And and I, I think he just needs to put all those things together at once and get a good game under his belt. But, um, you know, he feels good. The fastball velocity is obviously there. And I think it's just a matter of time to get him back on track.
0: Let's end on this. The Astros have had a COVID-19 scare. How important is it for you and Bob to stay on the players. I know people are starting to get vaccinated and people want to, they're tired of wearing masks and tired of doing the protocols and everything, but how important is it for you to tell these guys, Hey, you, you got to kind of still be in your bubble. Cause the last thing we want is a COVID outbreak. You got, you got to stay on top of this.
1: Yeah. It's uh look, it, it is a discussion every single day. And I, I know some of those guys are, are tired of hearing from me and from Nick and, and, you know the the rest of the medical staff is trying to handle it, but you're you're absolutely right. It, it, it's something we have to stay on top of. We, we've you know we saw the Nationals have a bunch of games wiped out early. Uh, Minnesota had a positive test. Obviously, we saw with the Astros yesterday losing five guys. And, um, it's it's constantly on our minds and something we constantly have to monitor. And you know our guys are, are still doing well. It doesn't you know it doesn't mean something isn't going to sneak in there, but um, but, yeah, I wish I wish it wasn't part of our daily conversation, but it is for the foreseeable future, and we'll, we'll do the best we can.
0: Great stuff, as always, and let's keep this winning streak going. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. Sounds good, Chris.
0: David Force, the David Force Show, exclusively right here on A's Cast Live and hearing it on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.